Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into The Human Instinct by Kenneth R. Miller, a compelling examination of how human reason, consciousness, and free will evolved. This work is a tribute to our species' most extraordinary abilities and argues for the uniqueness of these traits as products of natural processes. Kenneth R. Miller, a distinguished biology professor at Brown University, brings his expertise to the table as the author of critically acclaimed works such as Only a Theory and Finding Darwin's God. As an expert witness in the landmark Kitzmiller v. Dover case, Miller's insights have helped defend the teaching of evolution in schools, echoing the legacy of the Scopes Monkey Trial. The Human Instinct is a must-read for theologians, philosophers, scientists, and anyone fascinated by the enigma of our species. It's an essential exploration for those intrigued by evolution's implications for humanity and individuals pondering the human role in the grand tapestry of existence. Join us as we summarize this enlightening reflection on what makes us uniquely human. The Human Instinct How We Evolved to Have Reason, Consciousness, and Free Will. Introduction Unlocking the Mysteries of Humankind's Evolutionary Tale. Once upon an epoch, we, the human race, woven into the tapestry of time, found solace and identity in tales that defined our cosmic significance. These narratives crowned us as a creation apart, intricate and divine. Enter the era of Charles Darwin, approximately a century and a half ago, who fathomed the undercurrents of our existence through the lens of natural selection. This mechanism suggested that the traits which better supported survival were likelier to perpetuate within a species. All life forms, including us, were the legacy of an extensive evolutionary journey. Such a revelation had the force to topple ancient pedestals of human-centric law. In this light, it might seem that the skeptics of evolution, and even some of its adherents, share a common disillusionment. If the tendrils of our ancestry are entangled with all living beings, is our story stripped of its gravitas? Are we simply jesters in nature's court, our supposed significance no greater than that of a slug or a tuba? Fear not, for the narrative of evolution need not cast us into an abyss of meaninglessness. This exploration will unfurl the rich tapestry, revealing our place in the natural world. We stand as remarkable creatures within creation's vast narrative, and it's evolution we have to thank for our unique standing. In this journey through evolution, you will discover why humans are not the zenith of evolutionary progress, yet still maintain a distinctiveness unmatched in the tree of life. How an over-reliance on evolutionary logic can lead us down the garden path toward flawed conclusions. The way evolutionary processes gifted us with the profound abilities of consciousness, free will, and reason. Part 1. Decoding Evolution. More than survival of the fittest. In the hallowed halls of natural history, Charles Darwin's name is synonymous with evolution. Yet, his contemporary, Alfred Russell Wallace, shared the spotlight, if only briefly, as the co-discoverer of the concept of natural selection. 
As learned confidants, Wallace's insights spurred Darwin to publish the seminal On the Origin of Species in 1859, Making History. However, as the theory matured, Wallace began to question its boundaries. The sweeping grandeur of the human mind, capable of birthing art, science, and grand architecture, seemed to jut out of the evolutionary narrative like a grand spire reaching beyond mere survival. Could it be that the wondrous faculties of the human intellect were not solely the progeny of natural selection? Indeed, both Darwin and Wallace shared an understanding that evolution didn't just revolve around survival. It also accommodated serendipitous events, sudden leaps and bounds that weren't planned but proved fortuitous. Such a leap occurred roughly three million years in our past, when the human brain expanded dramatically and in geological terms quite abruptly to thrice its original volume. The reasons behind this extraordinary enlargement continue to elude us, but we do know one thing. Our large brains did more than just ensure our survival. They unlocked capacities that stretch beyond the immediate needs of foraging or hunting. With these expanded cognitive resources, humans began to probe the mysteries of their existence, pioneering ventures into myth, religion, artistry, literature, mathematics, and the sciences, a testament to the brain's accidental prowess. Stephen Jay Gould and Richard Lewontin, two evolutionary biologists, christened these unintentional evolutionary gifts as spandrels. In their 1979 essay, The Spandrels of San Marco, borrowing from architecture to describe the phenomenon, they related it to the supporting structures of arches in cathedrals that, while not intended as the primary function, became wellsprings of beauty and strength. As we delve further into the essence of being human, the concept of spandrels will guide our understanding of how evolution's unintended consequences shaped our brain's capabilities. Yet before we bask in the glory of these evolutionary gifts, we must confront some unsettling ideas that arise from our natural history. Part 2. Embracing Evolution Without Losing Our Sense of Wonder Imagine a world where the narrative of humankind's origin holds a sacred place in our hearts, a tableau of exceptionalism separate from the rest of creation. The concept of evolution, however, ushers us into a different scene, where our story melds into the grand saga of life itself. This new plot feels like a demotion and, understandably, can stir unease. In the early days of evolutionary theory, skeptics eagerly grasped at gaps in the fossil record to undermine Darwin's propositions. The elusive, missing link between humans and apes tantalized naturalists, but the discoveries like Java Man left them grasping at straws. And Piltdown Man, once hailed as a pivotal fossil, was unmasked as a fraud, further clouding the narrative. But the scene shifts dramatically as scientific methods evolve. Today, a mosaic of skull fragments, unearthed and meticulously studied, has sketched a consistent ancestral line extending over seven million years. Modern technology allows us to reconstruct the visages of our ancestors, mirroring the morphological journey from past to present. Furthermore, the human genome itself has unfurled an evolutionary tableau. It's a story told through genes, some obsolete like a silent ode to our egg-bearing reptilian ancestors, a testament to life's interconnected weave, 
the compendium of genetic and fossil evidence overwhelmingly endorses the theory of evolution. The controversies that once raged now simmer down to an intellectual consensus among scientists. The lingering resistance to evolution does not stem from disputatious data, but rather a reluctance to relinquish the notion of our unique and sacrosanct place in the universe. Our path ahead does not lie in the negation of evolution, but in reconciling our awe-inspiring capabilities with our naturalist origins. And as we will soon explore, the true challenge isn't in accepting evolution's role in our past. It's in understanding how to interpret its implications for our self-worth and purpose. Part 3. Humanity's Place in Nature, Not Above, But Among In the 18th century, Carolus Linnaeus embarked on a monumental task to categorize every living entity known to science. His magnum opus, Systema Naturae, presented in 1735, not only set the foundation for modern taxonomy with its binomial system, it also sowed the seeds for a contentious debate on humanity's place among the living. Linnaeus was the one who labeled us Homo sapiens, or the thinking human. Yet he did something more radical by including us within the same kingdom as our tree-dwelling kin, monkeys, apes, and even sloths, he challenged the prevailing notion of human exceptionalism. Despite pushback from critics and religious scholars, Linnaeus held firm to his view. Enshrining us alongside apes under the rank of primates, he aimed to marry religious conviction with naturalist observation. Even so, he remained resolute in denying humans any separate taxonomic high ground. Fast forward to 1965, two centuries later, an iconic illustration would crystallize humanity's struggle with this dichotomy. Featured in Time Life's natural history book, the March of Progress unfurled a linear procession from our primitive ancestors to modern man, each figure more erect than the last. This depiction has since become entrenched in the public's mind, often imitated and parodied. Yet evolution is not a path leading to a pedestal for Homo sapiens. It is not a hierarchical ladder, with human beings perched at the peak as victors in a cosmic contest of survival of the fittest. Rather, evolution is an intricate dance with circumstance, each species carving out an existence in a unique niche buoyed by a history of successive adaptations. Every species, including our own, is distinct by virtue of surviving where others have not. Our singularity, however, isn't scribed in a triumph over nature. It is manifested in our capacity to comprehend and articulate the very process of evolution that brought us here. Yet to gain a more comprehensive understanding of our place within the tapestry of evolution, we must first dispel another widespread misinterpretation of these natural phenomena. Part 4. Evolution as an Explanation. Handle with Care. The late 1970s welcomed an audacious leap in scientific thinking when biologist E.O. Wilson debuted the concept of sociobiology at a gathering of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. Through sociobiology, Wilson aspired to explore the biological foundations underpinning social behaviors across the spectrum of Earth's species. His vision? To shed light on the underlying biological reasons for various organizational structures in nature, and critically, within the realm of human societies. 
Wilson's proposition ignited a firestorm, summoning echoes of a past darkened by the misuse of biological explanations in support of social injustices, echoing the scientific sin of eugenics that underpinned Nazi ideology. So intense was the backlash that one protester even went as far as drenching Wilson in ice-cold water during his speech. While sociobiology itself waned, its aspirations found new breath in a sibling science, evolutionary psychology. This emerging discipline maintained that our behaviors find their essence in evolutionary adaptation, that every act is but a verse in the poem chronicled by our genetic heritage. Tentative connections were proposed, suggesting evolutionary explanations for common human fears and social bonds. However, the associated research still lacked the robust genetic evidence required to map behavior to specific genes, save for controlled experiments on fruit flies in laboratory conditions. Undeterred, some ambitious claims emerged, detailing supposed biological reasons behind various human preferences and behaviors even broaching topics as severe as the persistence of rape in human societies. Yet, these hypotheses often crumble under methodical scrutiny or when confronted with cross-cultural facts. The boldest among evolutionary psychology's ranks have pressed further, suggesting that human behavior is nothing but an intricate play of biochemistry, stripping away the notions of independent thought and selfhood, painting morality as mere camouflage for survival instincts. This viewpoint treads a slippery slope. Even Darwin himself pondered whether our evolutionary design laid a trap, rendering our cognitive processes somewhat suspect. However, is this bleak interpretation an inescapable byproduct of evolution? As we'll come to uncover in our concluding ideas, acknowledging our evolutionary roots need not snuff out the light of human consciousness or the assertion of our free will. Part 5. The Marvel of the Mind, Evolution's Masterpiece As we journey deeper into the odyssey of human evolution, it's time to take stock of the revelations that have unfurled. At its core, we're left with no equivocation. Humans are bound to the same evolutionary narrative as every creature on this planet. Yet in grappling with this realization, we've had to reconcile the loss of a more centered, mythic role that once underpinned our collective self-esteem. Our hubris may urge us to recalibrate evolution's narrative, to cast ourselves as the crescendo of this earthly symphony. But science resists this anthropocentric coda. Equally, when we saddle evolution with the burden of explaining all facets of humanity, we tread into treacherous ground, risking oversimplification and deterministic cul-de-sacs. Let's pause here reveling in the recognition that we have discerned our own origins, a self-reflective act unparalleled in the known cosmos. Carl Sagan's poetic assertion that we are the cosmos grown to know itself encapsulates our singular position. Our ability to ponder and dissect this grand scheme is a reflection of our exceptional nature, courtesy of relentless evolutionary processes. But what brought us to this zenith of cognition? Let's revisit that pivotal epoch millions of years ago where hominin brains embarked on their meteoric expansion. It was a survival imperative that propelled our intelligence, sharpening our communicative prowess, fueling cooperation, and unlocking the potential for abstract contemplation. This cerebral growth spurt catalyzed a neuronal revolution, 
a consciousness had awoken, untethered to the immediacies of survival. In essence, our brain's cognitive spaces became evolutionary spandrels, extras beyond the pillars of necessity, much like architectural spandrels that offer aesthetic grace beyond their functional genesis. The flourishing of our mental faculties granted us the remarkable abilities to articulate complex language, manifest keen imagination, and exercise discerning rationality. Even so, our brain is no paragon devoid of imperfections. It is susceptible to bewilderment, swayed by the merest chemical shifts, and easily hoodwinked by trickery. Yet, therein lies another twist of grandeur. We not only recognize these flaws, but we also seek to understand and transcend them. We are the architects exploring cognitive biases, the alchemists of consciousness, and the illusionists unveiling the mechanics of misdirection. There lies the extraordinary claim only we, as Homo sapiens, can lay the power to scrutinize, celebrate, and even manipulate the evolutionarily sculpted organ that is our brain. Part 6 Conscious Curiosity when life meets awareness. In the grand labyrinth of understanding our place in the evolutionary chain, consciousness poses a particular conundrum. It is a hard nut to crack. Take a moment to contemplate its enigma. At what point are we truly aware? What translucent barrier must the external stimuli, the mosquitoes of our world, pierce to transform from mere signals into the rich tapestry of awareness we call being conscious. French neuroscientist Stanislas Dehaene tackled this perplexing question, discovering that presenting an image for a fleeting 50 milliseconds ignites a neural symphony, marking the transition from unseen to seen, unknown to known. Yet, this finding barely scratches the surface for a philosopher like Thomas Nagel, who argues that the subjective essence of consciousness the inexplicable feel of living experiences, eludes the grasp of empirical science. Can physics really articulate the bat's nocturnal ballet? Nagel believes not, deeming such quests outside the realm of scientific jurisdiction. Some might view this as a deal-breaker for evolutionary theory, a critical blind spot in explaining how material existence translates into the living moment. But the fault line isn't the science of understanding the brain. It's the underlying implication that consciousness may be reduced to mere mechanics. Evolution, contrary to such fears, does not belittle the individual journey through consciousness. It does not purport to entirely dissolve the enigma of the mindful leap from matter to thought. Ponder the radical simplicity to complexity transformations all around us, Inert atoms band together within cells, sparking life. Millions of unaware cells congregate into a being, blossoming into a sentient mind. From a mere handful of musical notes arise symphonies, from 26 alphabets, the masterpieces of Shakespeare. However, some voices echoing Darwin's legacy claim consciousness and free will are akin to elaborate tricks. Compelling, but ultimately illusory. Nevertheless, as we're poised to reveal, such dismissive postures grapple with their own evidentiary and logical quandaries. Part 7. Free Will and the Brain. An Evolutionary Perspective. The existential musing over the nature of our mental life spans centuries, 
with René Descartes contemplating the curious chasm between tangible matter and intangible thought. He pictured the body as an earthy automaton, bound by physical laws, yet sensed an undeniable inner freedom guiding his will and choices. This sense of agency, what we dub as free will, resonates with our everyday experience. We navigate life-making choices, small and large, influenced by society, law, and custom, yet equipped with the capacity to reflect on these influences independently. Descartes' search for the source of this free agency led him to a quaint structure, the pineal gland, an organ located at the heart of the brain, distinct in its singular form. Fast forward to modern evolutionary proponents and you'll find a schism over free will's existence. Some argue that our brains operate on autopilot, our decisions and reflections, nothing more than the pre-designed firings of neurons, etched into our biology over eons. Sam Harris, navigating the philosophical and scientific space of neuroscience, champions this view in his work, Free Will. However, his deterministic discourse stumbles upon a quandary. Attempting to convince an audience bereft of the agency to accept or refute his thesis is inherently paradoxical. Furthermore, leapfrogging to the conclusion that our ruminations on free will and evolution are themselves products of evolutionary hardwiring leads to a bewitching loop, disabling the objective appraisal of both concepts. Yet determinism butts heads with the capricious nature of the brain's mechanics. The behavior of neurons, ostensibly conductors of free will, is subject to the whims of electrons and ions, entities infamous for their erratic movements. Synapses and neurons themselves exhibit a mercurial nature, constantly remodeling their responses. The brain, honed by the evolutionary process, elegantly integrates this inherent unpredictability. If the brain's machinery isn't strictly deterministic, it stands to reason that our cerebral network might inherently contain the seeds of free agency, though perhaps not nestled within the pineal gland. Therefore, while our brains are undeniably sculpted by evolution's relentless chisel, they may well house the very essence of free will, crafting a reality where the strings of destiny are indeed ours to pull. Part 8. The Spark of Meaning in Our Evolutionary Journey In the early 19th century, if London's foggy streets had drawn you to the realm of the scientific spectacle, you might have encountered the macabre experiments of Giovanni Aldini. As a proponent of galvanism, the exploration of electricity in biological forms, Aldini used a condemned man's body to demonstrate the eerie dance of life seemingly conjured from the lifeless, his electrodes forcing a semblance of vitality upon the dead. Such chilling displays could provoke a sense of existential dread, nudging us to question whether life is but involuntary twitching to the jolts of external forces. Yet, as evolution's narrative unfolds before us, we detect no script dictating that life is inherently devoid of meaning, or, conversely, that it revels in purpose. What emerges from our evolutionary discourse is not a reduction to insignificance or a shackling by genetic predetermination, but rather a captivating chronicle. Our old origin stories may have crumbled, but they've been replaced by an astonishing saga of a universe where, on a small blue orb, life arose and consciousness emerged. 
in at least one remarkable lineage that not only unraveled its genesis but also the birth of everything known. Today we find ourselves in the Anthropocene, a chapter of Earth's story where the human influence is profound and pervasive. This is our era to shape, for better or for worse. Our extraordinary capacity for awareness, reason, artistry, choice and cooperation heralds a call to rise and wield these tools with a sense of stewardship. Ours is the species that can contemplate existential questions, forge connections where none existed, and cultivate a future that builds upon the eons of advancement that preceded us. By embracing the quintessence of our exceptional evolution, we hold the potential to chart a course for life's grand tale that is both mindful and venerable, ensuring that the odyssey of evolution, our odyssey, continues to flourish. Final summary. Embarking on a retrospective voyage through the corridors of evolution, we've uncovered a compelling truth. Humanity is not an outlier in the natural order, but a fruit of evolution's grand tree. This realization paints us not with the hues of insignificance, but with the brilliant colors of distinction. Our lineage has blossomed through eons of natural selection, weaving the tapestry of reason, igniting the flame of consciousness, and nurturing the seeds of free will. Far from diminishing our essence, evolution emerges as the artisan that sculpted the unique and influential creature known as Homo sapiens. As tenants of this shared planet, we possess the profound responsibility to steer our collective destiny with the tools our forebears have bequeathed us. Our understanding of evolution can inspire a life rich with meaning as we recognize the intricate binding that intertwines our past, informs our present, and propels us towards a future only we can envision. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.